Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 3, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Last week we saw a miracle. If you weren't here, you missed a miracle. It's awesome. Don't you remember? Peter and John, they're headed to the temple. They're going there for prayer. And while they're headed to the temple, they get to the gate called Beautiful. There is a man there who had been there for, who had been lame for 40 years, been at the temple every day for many, many years. This man is begging alms. He's asking for a handout, if you will. Peter and John come walking by. Remember we talked about they weren't expecting a miracle. The man wasn't expecting to receive a miracle that day. This was an awesome day. They they weren't thinking, you know, today we're going to go to the temple and do a miracle. Well, they walk up to the gate called Beautiful. They see the man laying there, sitting there, and he's been lame for 40 years. And Peter looks at the man, and Peter tells the man, to look at him. So Peter looks at the man. The man looks at Peter. Peter took him by the right hand, the Bible says. And when Peter took him by the right hand, Peter said, I don't have silver and I don't have gold. He said, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, what do he say, saints? Rise up and walk. You know that. And the man, the Bible tells us, immediately the joints and the bones began to come into socket. Ligaments and muscles were formed and strengthened and strong and working. And the man did something that he had never done in all of his life. The man stood up and he walked. And the Bible says that he was walking and leaping and running and praising God. And I'm sure that Peter and John were Walking and leaping and running and praising God. I don't know. I just don't imagine a miracle happening. God using Peter and John in such a powerful, awesome way. And this man, he's jumping up and down and praising God and leaping. And I don't imagine Peter and John just kind of standing there going, oh, that was nice. (laughs) Gee, that's great. Awesome. I, I don't imagine that. You know, sometimes in our efforts not to be charismatic, in our efforts not to be, you know, too crazy or whatever, that we kind of minimize, you know, emotion and we kind of minimize feeling. I am confident that Peter and John was excited, as excited for the man as the man was for himself. And Peter and John, the man is walking, yes, yes, praise the Lord. Yes, he's leaping and dancing and praising God. And I'm sure Peter and John was probably doing the Macarena. And then, you know, they just, they just like, and the cabbage patch. They're like, yeah, God is good. God is awesome. I, I, they, 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 they couldn't have been standing there just going, well, isn't that special? No. 
they were excited and blessed. I don't know if you have ever been used by the Lord to perform a miracle or you have been the recipient of a miracle. But in either case, it's an exciting thing that God would even do miracles. You know, we talk about people get pregnant here. You know, people get pregnant and, you know, people go, oh, that's such a miracle. That's just a miracle. You know, and here at Calvary Chapel, I'm confident there's something in the water. People come to church and they're like, hey, you know, we couldn't get pregnant, Pastor Rodney. We came to Calvary Chapel first Sunday and all of a sudden we're pregnant. I say, hey, did you get a sip out of the water fountain? Well, yeah, I go, well, that's why. Something in the water. But getting pregnant, understand something here. Having a child, yes, it's a miracle, but it's not a miracle. Because a miracle is something, a true bona fide miracle is something that is out of the ordinary. Well, look, people get pregnant every day of the week. You see, a miracle is something that doesn't happen every day. Peter and John, they experience a true bona fide miracle. We talked about that last week. We'll look at what happens next in Acts chapter 3. We'll pick up in verse 11. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now, as a layman in verse 11. As the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. Notice that. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, two questions. Why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we have made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, note this, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the Just One, and you asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And don't you notice Peter's memory here and his knowledge of the word will blow you away. You denied the Holy One and the Just One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed, note this, the prince of what, saints? Life. Jesus is the prince of life, whom God raised up from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and you know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. After the lame man was healed, notice he stood there and he held on to Peter and John. The idea is that he grabbed onto them like, like a bear hug. Like he grabbed onto them like, like a bear hug. He was just holding onto them, grabbing onto them. And the people are standing and they are amazed. They're kind of bug-eyed. They're, they're amazed because something very strange has happened. As we talked about last week, this man sat at this gate every day. Everyone knew him. This man was well known in the community. And now this man is standing, leaping, walking, and praising God. And the people are standing, looking at Peter and John in wonder and amazement. And they're giving glory to Peter and John for something that God has done. 
And they're standing there and they're probably thinking, wow, you, you, guys, you, you guys are men of God. You guys are awesome. You guys are healers. Man, you guys, you need to start a healing ministry. You could call it Peter's Poor Paralytic Perfect Posture Program. You guys, oh man, you need to start going on a healing crusade. I mean, God is doing a work. It, it, it's unbelievable. We could really make, they, we, we could make some money with this healing. I mean, think about it. We could do DVDs. We could do books. We could sell them, and we could sell them for, for $39.99 if they act now. Isn't that what people would do today? You know, God is doing a work and man wants to take credit. God is doing a work and man wants to merchandise what God is doing. Peter says, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Peter says, no, he pointed them to who did it. And he pointed them to how it was done Through faith in his name, we'll talk about it in a minute. Now, don't you remember in Acts chapter 2, if you were with us, in Acts chapter 2, at Pentecost, remember, the sound of a rushing mighty wind brought the people together. Remember that? Well, here in Acts chapter 3, we see the witness of a changed life brought the people together. And they come together, they gather in the portico of Solomon, or Solomon's porch. And of course, whenever a group of people gather together and you got a group of people and a preacher, you know what's going to happen. They're going to take up an offering. Just kidding. (laughs) You're like, really, Pastor? How much? much No, you get a group of people and preacher Peter together. And you know what? Peter gives him a sermon. Did you notice that? And he begins his sermon with two questions. Number one, men of Israel, in verse 12, look at it. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Notice that. Peter says, why are you marveling at this? You are men of Israel. And because you are men of Israel and you know your history and you know your Bible, aren't you the people who worship the God who parted the Red Sea? Aren't you the people who worship the God who stopped the Jordan River? Aren't you the people whose God caused the walls of Jericho to come a tumbling down? Aren't you those people? Aren't you the people whose God used a little shepherd boy to kill a giant? Aren't you the people whose God gave Elijah the fire that came down from heaven in the sight of the prophets of Baal? Aren't you the people whose God caused a whale to swallow a man and spit him up on the beach? Ooh, gross. Aren't you those people? You see, men of Israel, why are you marveling at this lame man who was healed? You are the same people who have experienced and seen and know from your history. God is a God of miracles. He's always done miracles. He's never stopped doing miracles. So why is it that you are marveling at the miracle of the lame man being healed? Men of Israel, question number one, why are you marveling at this? 
And then secondly, men of Israel, why do you look so intently upon us as though by some power or godliness this man has been healed? So Peter says, guys, why do you stand with your mouth hanging open and looking at us as if we've done something? Peter's simply saying it wasn't me. Peter knows he doesn't have the power. Peter knows it's of the Lord. Peter knows that the miracle for the lame man is not about Peter, it's about the Lord. And Peter is giving glory to the Lord. Why is it that people who are used of God in some way act as if the power comes from them? Or they act like it's some kind of holiness on their part. Well, you know, I'm able to do these miracles because, you know, I fasted, I prayed, I huffed, and I puffed, and I... I, 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 I. These people got eye disease. Isn't it true? People act like, you know, there's something great in them. Look, if God does a work in your life, listen to me carefully. If God does something in you or through you, be careful to give the glory to the Lord. Don't steal God's glory. Don't touch God's glory. God wants to use us, but he doesn't want you to take his glory. Remember, Jesus said this, let your light so shine so that men may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. So as God is using us, as God wants to use us, be careful, always give him the credit and always remember that you are just a vessel. You are just a conduit by which God is using. You're just a vessel. You're just a vessel. You're, you're, you're just, and a cracked one at that. That's the Bible. We're all a bunch of cracked pots. Did you know that? Read your Bibles in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You looked that up in your own time, but it clearly says that we are earthen vessels. And because we are a bunch of cracked pots, be mindful that as God works in you and through you to give glory to him. And if you fail to do that, listen, God will stop using you. God will stop using you. I'm blessed when people say to me, Pastor Rodney, they say to me, Pastor Rodney, they say, you know, great sermon, and they come up, and, you know, nice sermon, nice, you know, everything's nice, and people go on sometime, and, and I'm blessed by that, and I'm blessed that the Word of God blesses you, but, but you know what I say? When you, when you say, you know, great sermon, whatever, I just go, you know what, praise the Lord. You guys have heard me. I go, praise the Lord. Or I point my finger up, praise the Lord. Because I don't want to take God's glory. I don't want to touch God's glory. I know that God is just using me. I know that I'm a... Look, God can use a donkey. Don't... But we're hearing no amens here. I don't... (laughs) And he often does. But I want to give the glory to the Lord. I want to push the glory up to him. If God is doing something in my life, hey, praise God. I'm, I'm blessed to be used of the Lord. I'm just a servant. You're a servant to be used of the Lord. Always give God the glory. And what will happen? He'll give you more opportunities to be used by him because he knows you'll give him the glory. Is that all right? You understand that? Amen. It's very, very important. 
So that's what Peter's doing. He's giving the glory to God. Now notice in verse 13, Peter kind of gets into his sermon. And notice this is his second sermon, by the way. He gets into his sermon. Now I've actually titled this sermon, Powerful Portico Preaching. And, 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 and because the word portico literally means porch. So Peter is, is on Solomon's porch here. You know, Jesus had his sermon on the mount. Peter has his sermon on the porch. He's he's preaching a sermon from the porch. And I love his knowledge of the word of God. Notice in verse 13, as he gets into the sermon, he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied. Now, I want to point out something that you could miss. I want you to notice something. Peter quickly takes the attention off of himself. Note this. He takes the attention off of himself. Peter takes the attention off of the miracle and he puts the attention on the Lord. And he does that quickly. This is actually a really short sermon. And he does it quickly. He turns the the sermon away from man and to Christ and he keeps it Christ-centered. Peter says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, sent Jesus to you, but you have rejected him. You have delivered him up and you have denied him. I cannot help but think, Peter, when he said the words and you have denied him, I can't help but think that Peter is thinking about the time in which he denied the Lord. Remember, Jesus said, And told Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter denied the Lord. And Peter never forgot. You know, there's some things, and uh, maybe I'm the only one, but there's some things that happen in your life and things that you do in your life that you wish you had never done. Is that me and ten ten people? All right. Some of y'all like... Of course we all. We're, We're sinners. I mean, we really are, and we've got a fleshly nature, and there's always a battle going on. We've all done things that we, we don't forget, and Peter the same way. His denial of the Lord, he never forgot it, and every time he preaches, he writes about it, and he says, I deny the Lord. He writes about it, and here he's saying to those guys, you deny the Lord, and I know that he's very sensitive to that. Peter is saying, you know what? I understand that. Peter never forgot it, and history tells us that people never forgot it. Remember I told you that as Peter would be preaching, in an open air, probably happened here as he's in Solomon's porch and he's preaching this awesome sermon. History tells us that people would see Peter preaching and people would stand in the back as he was preaching and they would, they would crow like a rooster. Peter's preaching about Jesus and you delivered him up and you denied him and Peter would hear, <laughs> and that had to be painful. To remember, and people continue to remember. So Peter is saying, listen, you guys denied him. I understand about this whole denial thing because I denied him. Peter says, look, you guys delivered him up. When Pilate was going to let him go, you denied the Holy One and desired a murderer instead. Don't you remember the story? They screamed, crucify him. And they let Barabbas, a wicked, violent murderer, go free instead of Jesus. See, Peter's not letting them off the hook. Peter's preaching a powerful sermon here. Nobody taught Peter how, uh, uh, Peter never read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. He's like, you denied him, and you delivered him up. You crucified him. 
You had him crucified when Pilate was going to let him go. But you denied him. You see, Peter's giving it to him. But now notice Peter says, you denied him and killed. Look at it again in verse 15. You killed the prince of life in my Bible. You can write this in your margin. That is a striking paradox. You killed the prince of life. You killed the author of life. You killed the source of life. You killed the originator of life. Jesus is the author, the source, and the originator of life. Amen, saints? Jesus. And that brings to my remembrance or causes me to think of Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says this, For by him all things were created that are in heaven. As a matter of fact, it's on the screen. Why don't you read it with me? For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And the next page, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. In him, listen, all things consist. In the Greek language, this word consist literally means held together. Paul is saying, in Christ, all things are created by Jesus, they are for Jesus, and they exist through his power. All things, everything you see exists because, listen, watch this, Jesus is holding everything together. Had you ever thunk it? Jesus is holding everything together. We learned this in eighth grade science. Of course, now it's college level stuff. Eighth grade science. In the center of an atom, listen to me closely. In the center of an atom, you have protons and neutrons, and electrons are spinning around the outside of the nucleus of the atom. We know that. Scientists don't know, and I've told you this before here at Calvary Chapel, scientists don't know what holds the positive charged protons in the nucleus of the atom. Scientists do not know what keeps them from repelling. Now, I was just talking in my office between services this morning to a brother here in the fellowship, and, and he's here in the sanctuary now, so I better get my stuff right. Um, <laughs> he, he's a physics major, and we were talking about this. Now, I want to get my facts straight. Amen. It's spiritual to get your facts straight. So we're talking in the office, and, we were, and he was explaining to me, and I've explained to you in the past that many, many years ago, what holds... The, the, the protons, what keeps them from repelling? Many, many years ago, way back in the early 80s, as I understand it, they used to call it the uh, atomic glue. But here in, 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 in our time today, what holds the protons together? What keeps them from repelling? Do you know that scientists now, they do not refer to it as atomic glue. They call it the collagen force. Hello, are y'all getting that? 
put the, put the Colossian verse back up there. Y'all got to get this, okay? You see, well, here's the deal. We know as Christians, this is how it works. We know as Christians, the average Christian, the brand new Christian, the Christian just gave your life to Christ yesterday, knows something that scientists are just discovering. That we know that it is Jesus, it is the word of his power that's holding everything that we see together. Everything you see, this pulpit, this wood oak pulpit, it is by his word, it's by his power that all things consist. All things are being held together. And 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, let me have that verse, 2 Peter 3, 10, basically tells us that there is coming a day, you listen, there is coming a day when God, when Jesus is going to let everything go. And when he lets everything go, everything you see is going to explode. Just like that. You know, we think that, you know, God's going to, you know, Peter talks about everything's going to melt with a fervent heat. Everything's going to burn. We think God's going to, you know, do some magic or some hocus pocus or say some words and something's going to happen. Listen, no, the Bible says that he's just simply going to let everything go. And when he lets everything go, he just takes his hands off of it. Everything that we see is going to melt with a fervent heat. Scientists know that. Scientists know that now. Everything you see, your house, your car, your vacation home, is all going to burn, baby, burn. That's what the Bible says. That's why you don't want to put too much stock in this earth. That's why you want to keep your focus on heaven. Because everything you see is going to someday dissolve and be gone. That's what Peter says. He's the prince of life. Jesus is the prince of life. Then that's an astounding statement. I mean, think about this. Just think about that. With that idea of God holds everything together. Think about this. When the soldiers blindfolded him and beat him, Jesus was holding together the knuckles that hit his face. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.